The old adage from Bill Clinton's campaign, it's the economy, stupid, has never been more appropriate. Well, if you look at what Mr. Trump is saying, he's saying those words. It's the economy, stupid. This week, the race for the White House. And it's the economy, stupid. We look at the policies that could shape the next four years in the United States. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Is the Economy Stupid? I'm Damien, and today we are, as always, joined by my favorite presenter, Gianluca. Ciao, ragazzi. Hi, guys. How do you do? Ciao, Gianluca. As you heard last time, we have a new member that we haven't presented yet. Ooh. Her name is Yushan, and she brings the girl power. Hi, everyone. Hi, listeners. How are you, Yushan? How are you doing good? Yushan is once more, as all of us, Bocconi student in economics and is going to help us to yeah, bring a bit of that female perspective to our, our talking that uh, Gianluca and I were clearly missing on, uh, <laughs> on the last episode. Yes. We are very happy to have you with us. Welcome. All right. Um, yeah, unfortunately, last time I was supposed to jump in when we had our great episode on cryptocurrencies that we promised like a million times up until <laughs> up until last time. We had Luca Fantacci. I was not able to attend. He's uh, an expert on cryptocurrency, but Yushan, you saved the day by jumping in. Uh, Gianluca, of course, also helped uh, like he always does. So the episode still came out great. And before that, we had a great episode on uh, I Want to Know by Gianluca. Gianluca, do you remember what you presented that day? Let me remember. I talk about the gig economy, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, you talked about gig economy. That was very interesting. So if you guys are listening to it and haven't listened to the episode yet, you can go over. It's two episodes back and have a nice little information on that subject. Today, Gianluca already alluded to it, but the idea was, of course, that every I want to know we would switch uh, person presenter, traditionally Gianluca or me, now Yushan could have done it as well. And as he said, it's not going to happen that way. He's going to present again. Um, so we're very excited about that. And Gianluca, please feel free to start. I, I'm dominating the scene. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Subjects you should have been taught in school. Hi, everybody. Today, history class. We're going to talk about the history of gross domestic product, GDP for France, how it originated, and most important, some of its limitations. In fact, in the last year, there is growing a largely shared opinion that this standard measure is not adequate to represent the wealth and the health of a country. Hence, this standard is not the standard anymore. So critics really come from every direction, uh, not only from media or uh, progressive organization, but even the World Economic Forum describe uh, five measures of growth that are better than GDP, including measures such as well-being, quality of work uh, and environment. This is actually a title of, uh, of an article on their website, five measures of growth that are better than GDP. And another one, was, uh, and I'm not joking, how GDP is destroying the planet. They really care about the environment, uh, even if it's not very encouraging. Maybe uh, at this point, your dear listener are wondering what this has to do with history. Well, 
to fully comprehend the weaknesses of GDP, we need to know the origin of this measure. That's where our story begins. Albeit there were in the 17th century some attempts from economists like uh, William Petty and Charles Davenant to come up with something that can describe uh, the total wealth of a country, the wealth of nation in a sense. The true father of GDP as we know it today uh, is a Russian-American economist named Simon Kuznets. If you never if you never heard about him, he's a famous one, uh, believe me. Obviously, I'm not talking to you guys, Damian and Yushan. Uh, I'm almost sure uh, you know him. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope at least. <laughs> but anyway, let's focus again on uh, on history. Once upon a time, uh, in uh, 1933, there were uh, a ruler and his fellow named, respectively, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and U.S. Senate that asked a brave scholar, Kuznets, to find a way to measure all the economic outcome of their country. This is the beginning of our story. And then, in 1934, Kuznets published his national income, in which he gave birth to GDP, defined as the sum of all the products and services produced by a country in a certain period, that usually is a year. The reason uh, why US Senate needed this indicator was to defeat effectively the Great Depression that struck uh, in 1929, and that was undermining uh, the economy. In fact, the final scope of GDP was to address macroeconomic policies and in particular to evaluate them. If they're working or they're not working, uh, are they increasing the GDP, etc, etc. What is our uh, debt-GDP ratio all started uh, from this point in history. So, now this actually sounds good and you can ask what's the catch the catch is this when Kuznets published uh, his national income he was already aware of the limitation of his newborn uh, creation Kuznets thought that GDP was uh, a fair description uh, of the national income while he admitted that uh, is far from exhaustive as a matter of fact, there are at least two categories of activities that are not included in the computation of GDP. And I think you can imagine at least one, uh, one of them. It's, uh, Is it a reproductive labor? Ni. No, no, no. No, okay, go Th- on. Think about, uh, think about uh, uh, some uh, you know, stereotypes about Italy. What is one of the stereotypes about Italy is that we all are uh, uh, part of uh, MAFE. Not working? No. Making pizza all day? <laughs> Those that. are stereotypes. I'm not saying not it's true, that. I'm just saying. No. The stereotype <laughs> is that we are all part of MAFIA. And so what's, 
What's the problem oh, with GDP? Illegal, <laughs> illegal labor and uh, informal labor. Okay, okay, okay. Illegal labor I see. is not part of GDP. So these two categories, the first that uh, indicate, uh, indicated uh, Kuznets was uh, the uh, all non-paid activities of family member. And the second one are the legal activities. And this latter, uh, uh, it's part nowadays of what we define a submerged economy. And, and is it, a, and is it, a, it is a huge part, a huge part of the economy, almost, uh, almost in, uh, in Italy. So we can easily say that Kuznets, uh, in a way, was the first critic of, uh, of himself, of his own labor. And another interesting limitation spotted by Kuznets was that we should not give GDP the characteristic of precision that it does not possess. Hence, we should really be careful on relying on it when evaluating a policy. And as we must be careful in evaluating, uh, we also should be really careful in formulating, in creating new policy over GDP. And this is a thing that can have a huge social implication. So think about this. I know it, it can sound uh, silly, but it's just to make an example. Is it the same to structure a policy, a program to increase GDP or to structure a program to increase occupation? No, it's not. And from this example, uh, comes another critique that uh, Kuznets made uh, uh, in 1934, that GDP obviously does not measure the welfare or the well-being of people. It was clear in 1934, and it's even clearer now. Even if we consider uh, per capita GDP, it is not a good measure of well-being. That's why Gini came out uh, with this coefficient. But this is another story. So... I think this is it for uh, for the story and uh, limitation today. And so I will ask you guys, uh, what do you think will be other uh, common uh, common issue related to, to GDP? If you have any idea, what do you think about it? So that's that's what I mentioned before. Uh, the, the lack of reproductive labor that's considered. So the lack of consideration for people who work at home or do not have a salary but still contribute. Um, to the common well-being by taking care of kids or um, cleaning, etc. Um, that to me is clear. And maybe as an objective, uh, which is one of the reasons um, I think you also decided to do this episode, is as an objective, growth can never be contained because it's uh, always continuous. Uh, right? For GDP, we always aim for GDP to increase. But then how can we um, consider for um, the environment, for climate change, to have any containment. Absolutely, if... absolutely. This was all, uh, you know, the historical critics of GDP, but nowadays there are new fantastic critics of GDP and there are really, really a bunch of them. I, it is really impossible to say everything about, uh, about GDP. We can talk for hours about that, but I think this is it for today. And uh... Very nice, very instructive. I didn't know that it only came um, with the was a crisis in the twenties. I thought it was way older as a measure. Yeah, that was one uh, one interesting part of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, so again, 
I want to thank you, Yushan and Damian, uh, for their presence. And thank uh, you, thank you for the presentation. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, and uh, this is Gianluca from Rethinking Economics. And this is is the economy stupid. Ciao, ragazzi. Bye, bye.